0: Hello, everybody. My name is Lat Mackey, and this is Sequence Break. I'm really excited because I actually haven't had a real chance to meet this person in real life. And so far, everyone we've had on the podcast, I, I've actually met. So it's funny we haven't bumped into each other before, but I'm really excited to introduce Yels uh, Rick. How are you doing, Yels?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, sir?
0: I am doing great. <laughs> uh, three hour time. Always still fascinates me the technology that we can talk to each other <laughs> on different sides of the country. So,
1: yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, I know. Uh, I don't have much um, speedruns live experience, but the only time I ever did any races with anybody was racing Marble Madness with uh, my friend 82, who lives in Australia. So it was always very Whoa. weird to be like, oh, like I'm racing you from yesterday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're in the future.
1: Yeah. Wrote, that's why he won so
0: much. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And huh. bully, bully's never heard of you before, so there you go.
2: Hi, <laughs> bully.
0: Okay. So, hello, everybody in the chat and everything like that. So thanks for being here. Uh, first, uh, why don't t- let's start? Um, when did you first start playing video games? Like, what was your? Tell us a little bit about your story about you and video gaming.
1: Well, uh, me and video games, we go way back. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't. I know that we had a ColecoVision in our household. I believe it belonged to my to my grandmother. Um, and, but at the first console that I ever remember acquiring was my brother and I got a Nintendo entertainment system, uh, when I was six, when he was eight. And so that was the first one that came into our household. Wow. Um, Yeah. Is it still in
0: the family? Does anybody
1: still have it? Oh, no, no. We're in that, that, um, unfortunate group that at some point in our, I guess it was early '30s. We're like, "What are we gonna do with all this stuff?" And then we just <laughs> sold it all on eBay.
2: No, you know, I know.
1: <laughs> I think about the time. So, like, we sold this stuff on eBay probably in like 2011, oh, or maybe a little earlier. Dead. You know, before the boom of right. retro gaming. So then, when we got back, I mean, he had already been in speedrunning, and I'll get to that part. Sure, but, <laughs> um, but when when I got into speedrunning, I'm like, oh, I got a buy all this stuff back and it's like one and a half to two times what it was worth when I sold it all. Oh, it's no. brutal. But yeah, no, that Nintendo is hopefully being used somewhere, but it's not being used by us.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what were some of the games that really were uh, of interest to you as a kid? Like what games kind of sparked your love of video gaming?
1: Uh, well, I mean, so I had this two different sects of video games that I would enjoy um because i really love to play uh, like river city ransom was a love of mine from an early age um I, I really enjoyed playing sports games so i have a fondness for like tecmo super bowl i oh, hold yeah. in a very very high regard
0: one of the best football um, games of all time if you ask
1: me <laughs> <laughs> i agree you, you will hear no arguments from me on that one sure. uh, we did have marble madness when we were kids but uh, i would i would be the one being screen dragged in co-op runs as (laughs) my brother would finish the game and I just did not have the patience. (laughs) Right. And he didn't have the patience to wait for me. Um, and then, so, and then the separate angle of games that I enjoyed as a child, uh, were games that I didn't play because I would sit around watching my brother play dragon warrior, watching him play Genghis Khan, watching him play, you know, just, um, all these, like, just like sprawling RPGs like the original final fantasy. And it's just like, um, that, It fascinates me now because when I was like nine or 10 years old, I really enjoyed watching other people play video games. And lo and behold, here we are today (laughs) and on a streaming service where to your heart's content, you can watch other people play video games. I'm like, this service was made for me.
0: (laughs) Might (laughs) as well just call it Gels' service. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wow, uh, that is that's okay. So that makes a lot of sense too. Then, if you're if you have an affinity and enjoy video gaming that much, because I I had a similar experience where I have an older brother and a younger brother, and uh, it's just fun enjoying the games with them. And it sounds like you had that similar experience, you know. <laughs>
1: absolutely yeah
0: (laughs) so i'm always curious about so when i was a kid playing video games i struggled to beat any game there was only a few games i've ever claimed to have beaten as a child were you the type of gamer that like did you did you were you one to beat games did you just enjoy the experience what what was kind of the how was your approach to gaming as
1: a kid uh frustration Uh, (laughs) i did not have kid patience Mm. i did not have any anywhere near the level of patience that my brother did nice um i want to say that like part of the reason why i went back to the NES when I started streaming was because I wanted to go back I wanted to beat these games that just torched me as a child <laughs> totally um you know to to my own recollection the only NES game I ever remember beating is Mega Man 2 oh man and okay. that is that is after hours and throwing temper tantrums and throwing the controller around because that alien boss is impossible and how could you possibly figure out its pattern it's, i don't you know,
0: <laughs> after you bought a guide bought you thing. saw your best friend beat it you know there's got to be there's a process yeah. to get there
1: <laughs> exactly you know i was like i don't understand how this works and you know uh, that's the only one i remember beating i don't remember Being getting accustomed to actually finishing games until the Super NES era. Hmm. So like that time I was, you know, hitting adolescence in my early teens. And now I seem to have the patience and a better understanding to actually be able to go, oh, well, I keep dying because I'm doing that dumb thing. Let's (laughs) not do that dumb thing anymore instead of just brute forcing, which I'm sure... Was just my MO as a child.
0: <laughs> it's really cool and interesting that you mentioned Mega Man 2 because that comes up a lot with. I'm in my 30s. A lot of us who speedrun are in our 30s. And it seems like that was a game that we could, for some reason, there was something about Mega Man 2, first of all, just being an excellent game, but also that it was something we could beat or we wanted to beat. I don't know if it was the time period or the patience required, but there's something about that game <laughs> where it seems like a lot of people have completed that one as a kid.
1: Yeah, and and it's weird because just through happenstance, that was the only Mega Man game we owned when I was young. Oh wow! So you know, <laughs> like we didn't like I never sniffed any of the other mm-hmm. six or the X series or the ZC. Like the like Mega Man is a big blank spot mm-hmm. for me. Interesting. Like you know, I just I never I've like I never tried to speed run a Mega Man game either, and yeah. it's just you know I really enjoy watching them, but. Like some of the tech i'm just like wow that looks hard as heck uh, <laughs> yeah no <laughs> kidding i mean that's a <laughs> so. It, that's so interesting
0: that uh, yeah that i don't be you know, curious about the sale maybe i'll look it up one day just because it seems like a lot of people at least that i knew owned mega man 2 as well it seems like that was a game that people had access to it must have been sold quite well and was popular and stuff
1: yeah it's, it's a good point it, it probably was the one like i i don't didn't remember seeing the original mega man much when i was a kid so maybe yeah maybe maybe two caused the boom <laughs> that made all the other titles follow. I'm not sure.
0: Absolutely no, no, for sure, man. Um, so, when did you discover, or when did you first, like? Tell us a little bit about your speedrunning journey. When did you When did you even first experience it? And Then, how did you kind of get involved? How'd...
1: So, in any in any service that I am on, whether it's like Twitter or or Twitch or what have you, I I cannot create a profile without mentioning that I'm Chester's younger brother, because <laughs> that my avenue into speed running goes back through him. So I mean, he is, and what I would refer to as an old SDA guy.
2: Very cool. So he's
1: an old steam uh, speed demos archive guy. Um, he is in the original Guinness book of video game world records in 2008. Oh wow. With the final fantasy tactics world record. So cool. at that time, uh, yeah, he's still like his um, dragon warrior four run is still the current marker on uh speed demos archive. I think, back then it was this was also back in the segmented days as well so So back before when the concept of doing an entire (laughs) rpg in one sitting was who has time for that but what if one thing goes wrong i don't understand (laughs) it doesn't make sense yeah exactly so um but yeah so i i go through uh, my experiences flow through him primarily um so and he's always been the 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 gamer that i look up to (laughs) <laughs> and cool. uh but the funny thing is that you know he he had been speed running for years and i was like eh you know it's like neat it was cool <laughs> but like it never i never wanted to do it myself right um so but that is definitely it's always kind of been in the back of my mind They're, like talking to him about uh about games done quick and about yeah. like the this like ever sprawling and expanding speedrunning community and you know we're talking about um cgdq because they have the cgdq uh reprisal coming up at the end of december and he's like yeah i remember watching that stream <laughs> like oh
2: wow like what
1: <laughs> but yeah like he was uh you know like he's like yeah i was there i was watching i was watching them play games in in uyama's basement <laughs> Just, that, you know it's the wildest thing <laughs> that is such a unique
0: experience uh because so often we hear about oh i saw a speed run on games done quick or something of that nature and so for the fact that you had it you know you had a family member a, a sibling who was doing this i mean did you i just got so did you get a chance to see him doing these things live and in person because i am fascinated by people's approach and how you know what, what the way that they hold the controllers and all that kind of were you did were you able to experience this like it, you know in the same room at all
1: uh so for uh, for the speedrunning not so much okay. but I mean I definitely got the vibe of you know his capacity to you know really understand uh video games uh, like uh, at the granular level that sometimes you don't really take the time to appreciate um like I rem- again going back to the times when I would remember sitting around watching him play video games I do remember like the the vivid image in my head is um him sitting on the floor in his bedroom with his back against his bed and he's got a book in his lap uh, he's got Genghis Khan on the TV screen which he's playing with one hand off on the right side like he's controlling the oh armies God. on the map with his right hand Jeez. because with his left hand he has do you remember those old electronic chessboards where you could play against a computer and like you but in order to register your move you had to like press the the piece down on oh
0: yeah, on, yeah, like, yeah. It's
1: like, oh, like, the pressure sensitive
0: t- yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah he'd be playing that with his left hand while like reading a book and playing Genghis oh my Kong god his right hand. <laughs> i mean so he wrote the game facts yeah oh did and, like, he really watched, that's awesome yeah i've watched him like, the, like some of the strategies so, like this is where i first got the understanding of manipulating ai was that like he yeah. would go into these wars where he was like, dramatically understaffed, <laughs> call it. Um, but he was like, "Here, watch this." And he like would intentionally move in a specific way, and he would just drag the opposing armies through like wooded areas back and forth, and they would slowly lose troops every turn. Right. He's like, "Watch, I, I could do this." And like I- he goes to the menu, he's like, "I've got enough food for to last two months, but they're gonna run out of food in a month." So they're going to start to bail once they get down to this point, And then I'll just ambush them. And look, I'll win, even though I only have like a 10th of their troops. And then he would. I'm like, this is amazing.
0: How'd you do that? That's so cool because that's like using your, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to think through a problem as opposed to just brute forcing it. You know, so often in video games, I just want to, you know, I want to go hit the enemy as many times as I can, but that's yeah. speedrunners, especially, you know, you can start opening up your mind to a bunch of different ideas. If you start creatively thinking about something, that's awesome that he was able to do that like in real time, you know?
1: yeah it was really just incredible
0: <laughs> that's so cool so when do, when do you finally get the bug or when do you what's the game what, what leads you on to your first speed run
1: uh, so the, the the weird thing about that is that for all the time that he had been speed so he's been speedrunning games for probably the better part of a decade wow. at this point when Man. you get to like 2016 mm-hmm. when i finally start and i start because um one of my coworkers, uh a friend of mine his uh, uh it goes by mr pizak on twitch uh had dipped his toe into speedrunning, and you know he wanted to like he has he he got a, a completed run of super metroid and it was really it was really proud of it and i remember sitting up late and watching him finish on stream and i'm like man i feel like i could do this this feel like you know for whatever reason like growing up with this around me didn't resonate but like watching him do this one run was like i could do this too you know and so uh, a cold a cold night in january of 2016 i sat on a a skype call with him for an hour as he helped me download obs and install everything (laughs) and and get you know get everything up and running get the capture card going and Actually, it wasn't even a capture card back then. I started on emulator. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. I, I did the absolute, the, like, mm-hmm. the bare minimum investment. I spent $5 <laughs> um, on my stream because I already had a webcam for, like, Skyping with my parents and nice. stuff. Um, so, and I had the emulator. And all I needed was, well, I wanted to play on an actual NES controller. Hmm. So I spent $5 on an NES to USB adapter, and I borrowed his controller. Like, I didn't even <laughs> buy my own controller. I didn't, buy, like, didn't even have it because i'm like well if i'm gonna be crap at this i only want to spend like five bucks
2: yeah right <laughs> so <need> to
1: <laughs> like, in this. Like, like yeah i could either be terrible at this or <laughs> i might get bored of streaming yeah. or like i don't know you know i have no idea um but yeah so in january 2016 i started streaming and the first game i played was river city ransom the you know again very fond to visit a kid uh didn't remember ever beating it though <laughs> so um you know watched I had watched other speedruns of it. I like I had watched Captain Goof's run. I had watched um uh Darkwing Duck oh, uh, and Fiesel had run this mm-hmm. in the past as well. Like I really enjoyed uh their co-op GDQ run. Um yeah, and I just kinda went from there. Uh, uh I kinda stumbled into a, a route improvement in about a month and and snuck in and, and got the world record. <laughs> Which was very, uh, very surprising. It's apparently. funny
0: you mention that because so as I was researching all of your runs, I noticed that it looks like you started getting into speedrunning towards the end of 2016. Or at least that's when your first submissions were on speedrun.com. And very soon after that, there's a world record. There's your appearance at GDQ. I just I, I was like, I that's I didn't realize it was literally that compact for all those type of
1: things to happen. So here's the thing um you know again i mentioned that my my brother has the world record for final fantasy tactics or or had at the time yeah. like he has historically he's a big he's a big part of the final fantasy tactics community um tactics has never been in a gdq and oh, wow. it's that. just one of those things where it's like the length of time versus the lack of incentives oh, right, right, right. Versus, you know like it's yeah. a rpgs are it's tough, just some, right it's it's tough they, they need to kind of fit a certain mm-hmm. mold um But it became like this running joke in the community for a while. But it got a bit uh, heated to the point where, you know, I don't know if it's for sure, but it felt like there was a point in time where you couldn't mention tactics on stream at the GDC. It was like blacklisted. It was was a bad topic to bring up. Do not mention it. They did a poll on what your favorite Final Fantasy game is, and don't bother putting tactics. It won't get read. Like, (laughs) you know. Uh, that sort of thing. So, yeah. but but my my point being is that like th- this was one of the games that he loved and he mm-hmm. speed ran a lot and he and the community would submit it to GDQs over and over and it would never get in. Right. So now his younger brother starts speed running, and like I learned two games, I learned River City Ransom and Magic Sword, and and then I submit them both to GDQ 2017 and they both get in. He's
0: <laughs> I mean, like, what? Yeah. What, is this? what just happened? <laughs> How is that even possible?
1: Yeah. You know, I I was doing I was doing a um uh a, like a game list reveal stream. Uh, I was because back then they it was very manual updating oh, the game list. Right. So they as like a game at a time they would go in and say oh, wow. accepted or rejected or like they would just yeah. go in and update all the submissions. So I had part of my stream locked in on the my submissions page. So I just like had it captured. Oh, and I was cool. just like I was playing Super Tennis for the Super uh, NES. Like, every time you would switch courts, I had a second, so I had F five, <laughs> and just re- <laughs> and then one of them went green. I'm like, <gasps> no way! And then, yeah, and then like ten minutes later, the other one went green. Was, he's like, "What sorcery is this?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that was yeah, it was very sudden, uh, for sure. Like I didn't I didn't anticipate because again, you know, knowing how oversubscribed submissions are compared to how much time they have. Yeah. You know, like you always feel bad when you submit a game and you don't it doesn't get in, but it takes a certain amount of time to get over that and then you remember what you knew beforehand but lost sight of because you were so excited that the game list was coming out, <laughs> right. which is your chances of getting into GDQ were just so slim. <laughs> so yeah, totally, uh, less than ten
0: percent at this point. It's uh something like yeah. over a thousand submissions for a hundred something games, so
1: yeah no it's it's just it's just crazy how much in a good way it's, right a, it's, it's crazy how big it's gotten like it's wonderful really uh
0: so that that brings me to an interesting question so then um so you can you talk, tell us or what was like your approach to speed running at the beginning would you play the game over and over and over again like let's talk with river city ransom specifically was that something where you started practicing individual tricks or glitches or things like that or is that something where you would start you would practice you know run through the you know no reset runs what's your approach
1: Uh, So I'm definitely a grinder, but Uh it has taken me a while to hone in on the specifics. So so, uh, again, like I I have a tendency, if a game has a tutorial, I'm probably not going to watch it. (laughs) What I'm probably going to do is I'm probably going to watch the world record run and see what bits I can replicate and what bits I can't. And then because I didn't watch the the tutorial, I won't figure out safety strats for the stuff that I can't. I'll just try to, like, barely do it. And then, you know, months later, I'll go watch the video and be like, oh, I could have just been doing that. It would have been, like, four seconds. I wouldn't have even noticed, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. But, um, but yeah, so uh, River City Ransom was an interesting one because it, it just, it was strange from the get-go because there's the, there I believe there are two different ROMs for the game and one of the ROMs spawns a specific gang in the first screen, and the other one doesn't.
0: And that's ROM-specific. That's fascinating.
1: I think so. it's either yeah. ROM-specific. Cabin Goof did a lot of research on this. It yeah. might even have something to do with like your processor timing. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Different it's, consoles, I imagine.
1: yeah. So, so the issue that came up was that I wouldn't get the same gang that everybody who was speedrunning it would get and that gang, you would almost always have somebody with a chain.
2: Hmm.
1: And so the first thing you'd do is you'd, you'd hit the guy with the chain, pick up the chain, and run off, because that is the best weapon in right. the game. It's got the best reach. It mm-hmm. doesn't have the best damage, but the reach more than makes up for it. Um, so since I couldn't do that, I'm like, okay, well, I'm running from here to the first boss, kind of hoping that one of the gangs that spawns has a chain, and if not, then I just reset. It right. feels kind of weird, and I tried to figure out a workaround, um, around it and so I like I figured I found one static item which was there was a crate that was sitting outside of the first boss. so I was like, well let me try to beat him up with this and I figured out a pretty slow way to beat him up with the crate um, but it was working and at least it was consistent. Um, and I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to remember the exact timing but it was it was right around that point that I was just I started watching other runs down the leaderboard and i got to oddly enough i got to uh run by my buddy ellipsis who at that point i didn't know um he was on the leaderboard and i noticed that after he beat the first boss he runs back out of the warehouse and he just jumps into the pit and dies i'm like what's an odd choice why does he do that and then i realized that the game is linear except for one boss oh so you're running you're constantly for as open world as it looks right the map is very rigid like there's not much not many offshoot um so what would happen is you run forward like 12 screens fight the first boss and then run back 10 screens Mm. and fight the second boss and then run again Uh, however if you die you warp back to the previous mall you were at which is like eight of those 10 screens so i'm like oh well he's this is a time save but the problem would be that you lose money you lose half your money every time you die And the only thing, you're like a glass cannon in this game. You don't bother leveling up any of your stats. You just buy like one punch upgrade or one kick upgrade and you just go and you just pummel everybody or you die and then you start over. Uh, (laughs) So for me, what that ended up doing was I started doing math. I'm an accountant. This all works out. Um, You know, I started doing math. I'm like, okay, well, if I die, but then I kill this guy, this guy and this guy, um, then I can get over here which is much later than when everybody else gets the punching upgrade but I'll get it there and I save this time from the death warp and I just rerouted the game and I again I had just gotten into speedrunning so like I didn't really know oh I'm making a new route you know like I didn't <laughs> yeah you're just making a different the... choice <laughs> right, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just choosing to do it this way instead <laughs> of that way um, and yeah so like I had a the route improvement was so good that i had a mediocre run that got world record by like three seconds oh wow wow so i was like like and i was super excited about yeah, it hell yeah you know, <laughs> you know and and then so that was so my intro to that was just like routing out yeah. of nowhere i just like the first thing i do is route something <laughs> perfect and then it wasn't until over that summer when um there's a swedish speedrunner runner named Anissa, uh n-i-s-s-3 who picked up RCR and immediately beat my world record and like ground it down to uh, he got the first sub seven. Uh, he's a really, really nice guy, really good speedrunner, runner. Um, and he improved a lot of the boss fights. Cool. Um, but it was because of him that I learned about save state practice. Oh. Because <laughs> why? Because I kept grinding and i couldn't quite get the sub seven and it wasn't until i was struggling with that right. during like this couple of months that i was like well my problem is at the end of the game you know i get to the high school and there is some variability as to what gang shows up and i'm just not ready for the patterns that they're going to throw at me i'm not ready for their timing i'm not ready for their speed so i went into I'm still playing emulator at this point mm-hmm. i go into emulator and i just start saving I save like 10 different states for walking into the high school for like the four different gangs that you might see and like two configurations each and just like grinding, spend like like every time before you stream or like at the beginning of your stream, spend three minutes on every save state. It's like the first hour. I'm just like, (laughs) practice the ground floor, practice the top floor, practice the ground floor. by like, (laughs) just 20 save states and then go ahead and do attempts. Right. And it started, because I looked at our splits. I'm like, our splits are pretty close, except he kills me at the high school every single time. I'm like 10 seconds off of his high school. This isn't, I'm clearly, this is my problem. You know, Uh, so that's where I really, started to get the hang of safe state practice and then from there it's just been that's been a fixture you know I, the, there's no there's almost no point in trying to do full game attempts if i haven't done the appropriate safe state practice at this point so shout outs to all the og speedrunners that will every now and again tweet out about you know well back in my day we didn't have power packs and ever drives and we just had to do another attempt i'm like well you're amazing
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Power
1: to you because i can't imagine that seems so hard
0: <laughs> especially with i mean the the nes library can be so punishing you know like i don't i don't i mean I, it blows my mind when i think of people who were running before we even had ever drives and like you're saying power packs because they even the emulation wasn't you know wasn't the same as playing it on your original console uh, i I still feel like it's it's while it's a remarkable, we're amazingly close nowadays. It's still not quite the same thing. So it's, it blows my mind that people can actually do that. And I think that's a really smart approach too that you you take where um, that it. A lot of times, especially as speedrunners, we don't get a chance to play the last few levels. We play the last few levels the least often, you know. So it's like you're yeah. saying. It's very. It makes a lot of sense in my head. To you, you need the save state practice on those type of things.
1: Absolutely. So. Um yeah
0: i'm curious why you uh you you first what, what made you choose river city ransom as the first game you wanted to attempt
1: uh so i mean rcr again it was just uh i went through I kind of took something close to the darkwing duck approach for picking a game you know like, I, I remember at one point he mentioned that you know like, he typically only plays games that he played when he was a kid um and like the controls have to be pretty tight. The music has to be really good so mm-hmm. that it's not like super tedious. Right. Um, and, you know, again, apart from the occasional lag that the game encounters and uh, the horrible RNG, <laughs> which, again, I didn't know about until yeah. I started speedrunning it. Mm-hmm. Um, that game was the thing that fit the bill for me in those regards because I've always loved the music from RCR it's and the controls are pretty tight. You know, I would say you know like, but I, I I always say that the first loose control game I ever played was Kidic or Speedrun was Kidicarus because mm-hmm. uh, he like Pit feels very very um, flighty and you know just like uh, you you hit you're moving right you hit left and he eventually gets gets around to turning around and going the other way, <laughs> but. But for games like RCR, where you're you're running and then you you tap the opposite direction to kill your momentum, and there's this instant reaction. Uh, I say instant, but you know, playing on emulator was like this like this two tenth of a second reaction. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> wait for it. Wait for it. Yeah. No, I I think I would also say too, as a viewer, it's a really enjoyable run to watch. I wasn't too familiar with the game actually at all until I watched you run it, and um, I, I it's it's nice where you can watch something and you can understand what's going on pretty quickly when you're watching a game like that. And I don't know if that's, it might be, I don't know if that it might be something about the NES library in general, but eh, that's not true. Watching Mega Man speed runs, it's taken me a while to figure out sometimes how they do all the zips and all that kind of stuff. But when I watch you run, run RCR, I'm like, I, I can see what's going on on screen. Yeah. Okay. So it is
1: relatively straightforward.
0: Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then you have to, then you explain all the the craziness that the RG that goes on and everything like that. So, <laughs> Uh, the chat's getting fun. Glitch Witch, is this a fireside chat? Well, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, take, okay, so uh, you, you, take how does how, when does Marble Madness come around? When's your, what's your first attempt? What, what makes you even consider speedrunning a game like this?
1: So, uh, Marble Madness comes around uh, right after the River City Ransom and Magic Sword sequence, uh, literally right after. So. Um, my first GDQ experience was an interesting one because I didn't own a CRT. Uh, so, Did you play on a flat I, screen or
0: were you just still emulating at this point?
1: I was playing in the OBS capture. Oh my God. So, <laughs> That's like, like 10 years later delay. I, I make the joke about like two tenths of a second of input lag. It was literally that.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, That's like a lifetime, know, I, by the way, folks. If you don't before, know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Prior to AGDQ, because the the Magic Sword run was a race with Pro JN. Oh, cool. uh, Pro JN of Zelda 2 fame.
0: And if I may (laughs) Um, interrupt you for one second, he's one of the reasons that I ever started speedrunning was Pro JN. He's a wonderful speedrunner who uh, still streams occasionally from time to time, but wonderful Zelda 2 player.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was in his chat uh, talking to him about what my setup was. I explained it in detail, what I was using, <laughs> and like uh, Bad Breaks was in the chat, and he immediately purged me from the chat the moment <laughs> I finished explaining it. And he's like, we're never talking about this again.
0: That sounds like um, a Bad Breaks thing to do. <laughs>
1: and then, Yeah, and then I get to AGDQ, and I get to meet Endy, uh in person. Um, uh, cause on I, your couch, he was <laughs> he? was on my couch yes. for RCR. I get to meet him in person for the first time, Cool. and I, I told him what my setup was, and he didn't have a verbal response. But are you familiar with the Jackie Chan meme? Are like you, the like the Yeah. Oh yeah, like totally. That was his face. He, that was like. For like those of you on like, the
0: podcast, hey, Yells is doing the, the the Jackie Chan chase, chase face for sure. <laughs>
1: <Absolutely>. <laughs> like he, just puts, he just puts his hand up and then and then he's like you need to get into the practice room immediately right now (laughs) like right like it opens tomorrow morning you have to go in there tomorrow morning because like the magic sword run was monday morning so i had one day and like yeah i mean i get in there literally i'm falling off ledges
0: i was gonna say what's that like that's gotta be
1: so crazy it you know what it it ended up being a blessing in disguise because i was so hyper focused on my Mm. execution nice okay but like not but like it overshadowed the nerves because I'm like, well, don't don't make that type of mistake. Like right. if the game is going to punish you, you can't control that. But don't make one of those like, oh, this is because I'm used to input lag and yeah. that's why I just died randomly. You know, don't just run into a pit. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, I, and again, for the time, I probably had my my cleanest magic sword run ever. Oh, wow. As I was just like I was just grinding practicing, grinding and grinding and grinding to get used to it you know uh, and then in the two days after that I was just grinding at RCR working on save states uh, at one point I had Andrew G sit down next to me he's like oh I love this game and then I proceeded to have one of the most miserable no reset <laughs> runs that I ever had I'm that's like,
0: not embarrassing
1: I'm, just you know I'm usually, I'm usually better than this <laughs> um, but then I just had like this monster GDQ run that's to date it's still my best Marathon run for RCR and I've run it in like a couple other online things and it just sure. I never could piece together that magic it, um, It's not you also did but, a good
0: job of explaining the game It's actually kind of how I, I learned a little bit about it was your was the commentary through the run So it's a great run if you haven't seen it hop on YouTube check it out
1: uh, But then I get to the end of that so like I show up and I talk to Andy and he's like you have to practice and I have this you know, uh this mild panic attack that lasts about 72 hours as I'm trying to not be terrible at either game that they've brought me in to run. Like, you know, like like that they've, so they've agreed to let me run on stage. I'm just like, just like this dead panic until Wednesday morning and then both runs are done. They both went well. And then at that point, I'm just like wandering around the practice room like a lost puppy. Like, I have no idea what to do with myself. I'm like, okay, well, I did the thing. Now what do I do? And I wander into the LAN room because I hear some hubbub going on in there, and it's Ellipsis and Toad are doing co-op Marble Madness world record attempts. So they brought a TV in from the practice room into the LAN room. They hooked up capture card, and they they apparently had been grinding for like six hours. And I'm just like, oh, so I sat down and watched the end of it, and they get to the end, and they're just like exhausted, and I'm like, hey, can I try? <laughs> And that's how I started playing Marble Madness. <laughs> so, and I, I, like, I, as far as I'm aware, that was the first time I ever beat the game. Because, like I said, I don't remember ever beating it as a kid.
0: Right, right. And I'm curious, so, what had been that? Like, had the last time you had touched Marble Madness been since you were a kid up to that yeah. point? Okay.
1: Yeah, I had only ever watched people play. So, you know, I was really enthused because I ended up finishing the game, um, and like I knew from from childhood. That the death counter in the game stops counting at twenty, so if you finish the game and it's tabulating your score, you like lose a thousand points for every death. Oh. But that's like a twenty thousand point bonus bank right. that they will allocate to you. But once you die twenty times, that bonus is zero. So the the counter just stops at twenty. So that's what I always tell people as they're like picking up the game for the first time. Literally, the first barometer after just beating the game, Mm. is beating the game and knowing how many times you died. So, like, get a sub-20 death run, Yeah, and that's, like, your next step. You're like, (laughs) okay, not only did I do it, I also know how many times I died. So I was really stoked because after a little bit in there, I got a run where I only died 19 times. I'm like, (laughs) yes! Nice! (laughs) (laughs) And then I spent, I probably spent about 12 hours in, like, three to four hour windows over the course of the rest of AGDQ in the practice room, just learning the game and trying to get better at turning and momentum and understanding how it all worked. Cause I'd never figured out how it worked as a kid. And I want to say that I got down to a run that had six deaths by the time I left, like just one, like everything else was probably 10 plus, but <laughs> you know, So yeah, that was cause that, I get that at that point it was my first GDQ. Right. I was there with my brother, but apart from him and like people that I knew online, but was meeting in person for the first time, you know, like I, I'm not going to hang out in somebody's room. I just I don't have any plans. I'm here because I play video games. I know what I'll do. I'll go play a video game. And I just went into the practice room and just okay. started playing.
0: <laughs> everyone needs to take you to that advice because my first Games Done a Quick experience was very similar to that where it's it's one of those things where what do you do after you're, you're there for whatever reason? Maybe you went to go see somebody do a run and stuff. There, go play video games. There's, there's, there's a bunch of places to do it and it's one of those things where you can hop in and everyone is there to play games. So you could literally, depending on, I know some of us are introverts and it's not always easy, but you could literally just sit down and start talking video games with almost anybody there.
1: Yeah, like it, it's basically just video games camp. That's yeah, how I explain it to like, you know, my, my wife is super supportive of my streaming endeavors That's and awesome. of me going to GDQs and whatnot, but I'm just like, literally the best way I can describe the event is just it's just video games camp. Like Could, you're just surrounded by like-minded people that just want to play video games. And it's like the greatest thing.
0: <laughs> Such a great uh, description of it, because it's really, it's, it's really awesome that, especially that having a significant other that supports you as well. Um, so take us through the run a little bit. Um, because we'll get to the the other parts of this, part, but like you know, it's 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 a quick run. So what 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 kind of things are in? Uh, take walk us through the run a little bit.
1: If you don't mind. <laughs> so um, no worries. Yeah. So the the first thing that I will say, and this will jump ahead a little bit. Sure. Is that the game has frame rules, just like Super Mario Brothers.
0: <laughs> Which is crazy to think of, by the way, when you look at this Which game. Is,
1: yeah. So. Uh, It it does have frame rules. Uh, uh, Lots of people are familiar with Super Mario Brothers, so um, they they know the whole 21 frames, imagine you're at a bus station, that sort of thing. You get the Darby analogy, (laughs) right? Um, So Marble Madness is exactly like that, except it's 16 frames instead of 21. So whereas the 21 frames are increments of 0.35 seconds, we're dealing more with like 0.26. And from there... I mean, realistically, you, know, you get the, the practice race at the beginning, which is very straightforward, uh, almost too straightforward, because once you start to get good at the first three turns, you're suddenly at the bottom of the screen, and it's not scrolling fast enough to keep up with you. So you're like, well, what do I do now? Because I want to go fast, but I also don't want to die, and I can't see anything. <laughs> and it's it, there's, a, there's a logical leap that uh, you may choose to make or not, <laughs> It is, in my opinion, the hardest part of the entire run. Is if you decide that you're, no, I'm not going to stop. I want to be able to finish it as quickly as possible without being able to see, is the hardest thing in the entire game. Only <laughs> bad. Like, so, I mean, and I've, and I mean, I've, I've uh, drawn diagrams for people I, I don't have one ready but <laughs> no, essentially okay. uh when i well i did um i did a basics tutorial and advanced tutorial cool. for folks uh ahead of the uh, community race for rgl tv so uh, shout outs to retro gaming life tv heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, but i did the basics tutorial and advanced tutorial and in the advanced tutorial i i showed uh since you can't see anything, your barometer to know what frame rule you're is how much because the 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 ramp kind of slopes back and forth before it gets down to the goal. And at the tip of each ramp, there's a peak. There's the three peaks on each of the ramps. Um, and the last peak, it's how much of that peak you can see. Yeah. So do you see the peak and like one tile of the floor? Well, that's this frame rule. If you can see more, like one and a half to two and a half of it, that's this one. Two to three is this one, and then after that, you can see the tip of the flagpole, and then that's how you kind of know. And I'm like, and the the task frame rule, you can't see that peak at all. Hmm. And I have gotten that a few times. Like I back when I toward the end of the grind, I was actually hitting it a couple times a night, which was just insane. Yeah, because again. I can't see what I'm doing. That's
0: that's one of the unique things I got to say about Marble Madness is that, you know, while there are things in other speedruns and other games where you have to play off screen or that you can't see the way that the marble controls and what you actually have to perform off screen just still blows my mind that you and others can do this at such a crazy level because it it seems super challenging to say the least.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it's it is the apart from the other partially blind section, it is what I have spent the most mm. individual amount of time practicing. Is literally just that, like half circle left to right, half circle right to left, and then back to down and left. But just do it at the right time and do it fast enough, and make sure you're in the right position when you go off screen. You know, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just pretty wild. Um, I mean, and the, so from there, you know, the second race is beginner. Uh, that one is kind of fixed because it's a drawbridge halfway through that you have to wait for. Mm, Uh, and then when you get down to grinding for frame rules, it's about how close can you get to the drawbridge without bumping into it so that you get there like a frame before it drops down. So it looks like you kind of went through it, but you didn't go through it. Um, and it's all just tight cornering. And then there's a little like patch of ice at the bottom where you have to kind of, you're locked into your momentum as soon as you touch it. So you like, what's the fastest route? Like, what's the fastest entry angle for, for the ice that gets you out aimed at the finish line? Um
0: you know uh, you, uh, i just to interrupt for one second you mentioned yeah. uh, the, uh the frame rule that is six, i think you said 16 frames a second that marvel madness mm-hmm. operates on it, it allows you even mentioned it during your world record run that you actually swinged a, swung i don't remember if it was in level two but you swung a, a couple of turns just a slightly wide and it seems like though that the freight because of the frame rule you can make some of those type of th- those i wouldn't say a mistake but those alterations and it would keep you on the same frame rules is that is that accurate
1: uh pretty much yeah so there are a couple of trouble spots in the run like so again the thing about the practice one the practice frame rules is that like i was willing to accept either of the fastest two ah, gotcha, okay. down the stretch yeah cool. i'm like i if i sit here and grind for the fastest one i'm gonna get out of the practice run race like twice in a night <laughs> and then i'm just gonna get a wand like, right <laughs> yeah exactly and the one's gonna be dead anyway. <laughs> so we're not doing that <laughs> um but yeah there's a spot in the third race in intermediate. Uh, Which is the other blind sequence, because you get down to this one tube quickly enough, and then there's that green wavy carpet that uh, you ideally... You come out of the tube and you can like you can see like the number above the marble for like the score that it gave you for going through the tube, but you can't actually see the marble
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and nah. then like navigating a few turns to get ideally the first time you see the marble down there is when you're going on the carpet. So you've like navigated this like hairpin and you're coming up onto the carpet, but then your angle coming onto the carpet can be a bit awkward because, again, you can't see the turns. If I sit there and save state practice it, eventually I'll be like, oh, no, this is the tight angle that I want that gives me a really good, smooth finish angle. But doing it in attempts is just, it's so finicky that it's, you get to the point in a stream where you're just like, I just want to get to the back half of the game a few times. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to take this turn safe. And when I say that, it probably doesn't look much safer, <laughs> but you know when you're dealing with 16 frame frame rules in a 60 frames per second game, we're like, no, I took that turn a little easier just so yeah. I could finish, mm-hmm. and then like fall. You know when I when you compare my run to Speff's run, Speff being the previous world record holder, like I lose a frame rule to him in intermediate because I'm not as aggressive. Oh, because sure. if I'm aggressive then I lose like 75% of my attempts. Uh, yeah. And I'm just like, if I ease up a little bit, then half of my attempts make it through. Like I still fail a lot because mm-hmm. I still can't see, sure. but <laughs> but more of them get through and I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and then, yeah, and in the, in, in my PB, I lose, I lose time with one wide turn in the silly race because I ended up start doing the beginning sequence fast enough that that uh, you actually go off of the top like you're off the top of the screen essentially hmm. or close right. close enough to it that's like if, if enough of the marble is off the top of the screen then the screen the marble just doesn't spawn on the screen oh, geez. like it's there <laughs> and you are moving but you can't see it yeah, perfect so <laughs> yeah good, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful so i took like one <laughs> turn wide yeah uh coming out of like the middle third section of the okay. race and that that one turn literally cost me a frame rule because i'm just like i know. Right, but I didn't want to die, and I mm-hmm. didn't know where I was. So. <laughs> yeah, and you want to keep the run alive the
0: whole thing. No, and it, it seems like a frame is definitely worth the cost at that point. Um, can you uh, tell us a little bit? What is the silly? So now they're at the level. What is the silly skip, and and how does that work? Uh,
1: so the silly skip is a pixel perfect. Um, that there's an argument about. The frame perfection that might be required. Oh, interesting. Uh, But it has to do with the acceleration of the marble. So when I submitted my PB to SDA, um, one of the folks in the community. I can't remember if it was K2 or if it was Nate, but one of them really spent a lot of time on the silly skip, particularly hmm. because we called it a pixel perfect frame, perfect trick, trick, like Ellipsis had called it that before. And I was carrying on his language. <laughs> so he knows he still understands this better than I do. Right. So, um, and the, there was, you know, they weren't contesting it so much as they were curious. How did you know it was frame perfect? I'm like, yeah. I actually don't, I don't actually know if it's frame perfect. I do know because essentially to explain the pixel perfect part, there's a ramp and there's a platform (laughs) and like, there's a platform next to it. You're not supposed to be able to get onto it. You're supposed to go up the ramp and around a turn to get back down to that platform. But there is one pixel where if you're leaning against the wall, you will just go right through or not necessarily through, but you're, you're on the same, uh, altitude as the platform so if you just go left at that pixel you'll just go straight onto the platform and it saves three seconds uh which in a sub three minute game a lot of time it's huge (laughs) so uh but the so the interesting thing about it realistically the the way that i got consistent at or like semi-consistent because nobody's truly consistent at it (laughs) uh like it's kind of like a flagpole glitch in that way where it's like Mm. if you're consistent at it you get it sometimes right (laughs) that's the best that you can hope for is just to get it sometimes Mm -hmm. um is you you just you go into like you're because you're coming around a bend and you're navigating through the birds because birds are jerks Uh, (laughs) but you come around the bend and you're just going straight up at a ramp that's kind of off at an angle so if you just hold up, you're going to ricochet right past the silly skip section. So what you need to do is as soon as you get to the point where it changes from a flat surface to a ramp, you switch from holding up to holding left. Oh, and you are you have enough momentum that it's going to push you up a little bit, but you just kind of carom off of the left wall and then again off the right wall. And you should push right through, hopefully, right. Uh, as long as you just get your timing right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just to be um,
0: And you hit the perfect pixel, apparently. But uh,
1: Yeah, how- yeah. So, But the, the, the clarity from the SDA folks came that it might actually be a frame rule faster if you release A and you stop accelerating because the reason why it was thought that it would be a frame-perfect trick is because of the way the, the number of pixels the marble accelerates when you're holding A. It moves at greater than one pixel per frame. Oh, interesting. So it may seem like a frame-perfect trick, However, if you get used to like caraming off of that first wall and releasing A, when you release A, it slows you down to a one pixel per frame movement and it's not frame perfect anymore. Hmm. You can go, you can get through it easier and you might actually be able to get through it faster too. So they yeah. were like tinkering with the TAS and it was like, and yeah, apparently there's a frame rule to be had if I forget everything I know about silly <laughs> skips and learn it a different way. Wow. So that's a thing. <laughs> Interesting that there's there's a different approach.
0: I I don't I can't. I mean I, that happens. I guess so that's what happens when you play things a thousand times, you know, over and over again. That there's a different way of doing uh, a similar task. And the the comp. The, I mean I I don't know what the future is of, of Marble Madness, but it may get down to where that frame, like similar to Super Mario Brothers one, may be the difference between world record.
1: Yeah. Well, if I scroll up through chat, um, uh, Bully said, ask him about the two thirty nine uh that's that's what the future of marble madness
0: is. wow okay is it really <laughs> so, well <laughs> yeah inevitably i guess it's we... gonna have to be right i mean if <laughs> you, if you, if you want to
1: <laughs> yeah so yeah because because again I, I i got the first 240 um and when i my the difference between my pb and my sum of best is a little under one second i would say yeah so like my so my sum of best is a high 239 hmm. and my pb so like basically my uh, my 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 pb is missing four frame rules oh, uh, two of which i've only ever gotten like twice <laughs> so but, but <laughs> yeah, yeah that doesn't mean that 239 can't happen
2: absolutely <laughs> so um it- but yeah
1: that's Yeah, but it's—I mean—it's far flung from where the game was when I started speedrunning it, which is just really, really amazing. Uh,
0: Funny you should say that because that's actually when I uh, I was—I watched your first submitted run on speedrunsatleast.com, and it was a three-death I believe PB, and it's—you seemed uh, pretty satisfied actually at that point with that. But it's—it's interesting how much—I can't remember what the exact time was, but the grind from that to where you end up with. uh, you know, the, I'm trying to remember what the exact, what's the exact time on your, on your PB. It's two forty eight point eight eight thirty There we go. Thank you. So it, it's, it's quite <laughs> interesting that how that grind happens. Um, does it, for you, what, what's the, uh, actually let's, I want to, okay, well let's, let me ask you this question first then. Let's start with, do um, you, is there any frustration? What's the process like of going from your first submitted time at three deaths and then ending up where you're at is what's, what's
1: that journey like? <laughs> Uh so the journey is in two parts. Okay. So uh when I started running the game and I'll I will speak to this for like the love of this community as well, because when I started running this game, there were if I if I use the nifty new speedrun.com history feature and go <laughs> back, awesome time, by the way, yes, <laughs> which is super neat. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, at the beginning of 2017, there were 15 runs on the leaderboard.
0: Oh man, holy cow! I didn't realize it was that small.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was 15, and the world record was 244.998 by Ellipsis, so he had uh broken the 245 barrier. um And that was relatively new. He had only done it a couple of months before AGDQ 2017. Uh, So yeah, so I pick it up. I think that first run was like a 306 or something like that. Uh, um, And I was grinding the game through January and February. And then toward the end of February, I had gotten to the point where I had started to get the occasional deathless run. Or like, I got like, oh, here's a a run with one death. Here's a run with no deaths, but it has a wand in it. Here's, (laughs) you know, and you get down into for that level of execution it was effectively in the uh sub 2 or like roughly 250 range i would say uh or the, i like i always like to point out that if if people are aiming for a time if you like to bop certain people or if you like or if you just like to have a target yeah, time we'll that, like the the longest standing marble madness world record was andrew g's run of 254.2 Oh, so i mean it's still on the leaderboard yeah obviously yeah. But, um, but at the time it was fifth so like in 2017 mm. like his his run from 2008 was still top five which is just incredible yeah. when you think about <laughs> it um uh, so i was always like well so that if you want to get a deathless run your execution should be if you have a deathless run and you don't have any wands, you should be able to get past that because his run was deathless and he had one wand in it. Oh, interesting! Okay. Like his run that had yeah, that was world record for like six years or whatever had a wand in it. Because again, he's one of those guys where it's like you go back in time. He's like, well, back in my day, I didn't yeah. have power packs. Was... I just had to like take the best run that it would give me, and that was the best run it gave right. me. You know, recording
0: on his VHS um, the whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I got down to like two fifty, two forty nine, two forty eight. I'm starting to get clean deathless runs, and I'm like you know, um, I have to commit at this point that I need to do the silly skip because at this point this was just execute, And that's one of the cool things about one of the, uh, extra categories, which is the long way, uh, (laughs) where you like the silly skip is banned. You (laughs) have to take a slower path for every course, like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's a lot, it's intended to be, more just focus on executing things that have a higher level of uh, of success right, right. than the silly <laughs> skip. Does. But like it has like you know commit myself to finally trying to do the silly skip. And like I remember doing practice beforehand, and I would practice until I got it once. And at that point, I was tired of practicing, and I was just like, okay, fine. I, I just I'm gonna kind of like wing it and throw it at the wall, and hopefully, I do it in a run. because yeah. at that point, my PB was two forty eight. And I did it the very first run that I got a Silly Skip in. I didn't choke in the Ultimate Race, and I got a high 245. And I'm like, this is amazing. It was third place at the time. And I'm like, I am done with this.
0: (laughs) Put it down. That's it.
1: Yeah. I got, you know, it's not quite on the caliber of... uh, of, you know, cosmics. Am I about to be the, the clutchest <laughs> of all time? You know, <laughs> but that's not, that, you know, not for, quite
0: that. For me, me, but, yeah.
1: yeah for, for me, it was like that's as close to it as I was ever going to get. Cause I'm like, oh man, I nailed this really hard trick once and I finished that run and I'm third place and this is perfect. I'm, I'm super happy with that. I don't think I could do any better than that. It was 245.8 and I put it down. Um, I would play, like, later on that year, I played co-op with my brother. We we took the co-op world record barely. Um, I played co-op at AGDQ 2018, but, like, at that point, I was, like, I, I think any times that I recorded at that event, you could kind of tell the times weren't really that good, and I would gladly raise my hand and be like, well, that, I was out of practice at that point, because I really hadn't been grinding the game. I put the game down. 10 months ago, like literally two months after picking it up, I put it back down because I'm like, I don't think I can do any better than that. Um, And then in mid 2018, I just I got to the point where I don't even know what made me think of it. Uh, But I was like, oh, I want to do something fun on my birthday. And like I have this weird notion of what's fun. Um, (laughs) So I was like, oh, I know. I want to see, and I think I can do this because I've seen other people hold the controllers this way, I want to see if I can do one player two controller. So, just just to see. So, like, the week before I start streaming, and literally, like, and it must have been the weirdest thing because, like, I started streaming and all, I, I managed to save a state um, at the beginning of practice after, like, I just like rolling the blue marble off of the screen until it runs out of time and game over, and then yeah. saving the state there and just playing with red. Yeah. Now I had done that before to like practice for co-op runs, uh, but in this case, like I, I, I turned my webcam down to the controller so people could see that I was holding the controller inverted. Yeah. And they're like, "What you doing?" Yeah. Really. What like, the oh, hell is going to on? See if I can beat this yeah. With the controller inverted. You know, because I, I practiced that, and then I practiced blue the normal way, but I didn't even try both controllers at the same time until that birthday stream. Cause so I'm like, I just want it to be like that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> team Murdoch mentions in chat, he's like, have you ever seen the secret of mana one P2C grip? That is my inspiration for that grip.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I was because curious. I
1: watched, I watched Yagamoth do secret of mana one P2C. And I'm like, that's the only grip that makes sense for marbles because you need the, the the movement is so d-pad heavy you need two thumbs on d-pads you can't have it like you because for like That's chippendale for like yeah. chippendale 1p2c you can hold the controllers back to back right because you only have to like press a button every now and again mm-hmm. i i started doing rcr 1p2c roughly the same way because you only need mm. to do the occasional little bit of movement with the other with the other character yeah but you don't need perpetual movement but with marbles, you need perpetual movement. And yes, Shadows the Glitch Witch, because she can play not just marbles. I watched her multiple games. It's crazy. <laughs> multiple games yeah. with an inverted controller. Um, I'm blanking now, Kat. Uh, but you did Soul Blazer. Was it Soul Blazer that you played at NLSS? That you played the entire game with the controller inverted, <laughs> I think. Yes, yes, and you know, like, and and she does it without without comment. Yeah, you know, with, without mention. No big and deal. I sit, yeah, I, I sat down next to her uh, because her commentator had to step away for a second, and I looked down. and I'm like, I just want everyone to know. Yeah, that she's playing with the controller inverted. No, I I appreciate
0: you explaining that because one thing I was. Now that you mentioned like that, especially with the way that the marbles directions that they're moving in, um, we're specifically referring to if you haven't seen, uh, uh, please do yourself a favor and watch the uh, SGDQ. Is it SGDQ or AGDQ? I can't remember now uh sgdq sgdq when you did the the you played marble Madness as two players but with one controller and it's it's they they aim the camera down so you can see what he's doing with the controllers which was awesome i'm so glad that they did that because but it's it's one of the most insane things i've seen but the more now that you're explaining it like they go in these opposite you you, you have to take different paths so it like you're to your point you need your thumbs to do that
1: <laughs> you know yeah. yeah you you need to have that constant uh constant um can uh Constant connectivity with the D-pad—you constantly have to be pressing down right. a direction. So, <laughs> a direction. and the only way to really get uh, any sort of smooth movement was to have a thumb on each one. Yeah. So, like, I figured out a grip that I will admit does hurt after a while. Oh, I would bet. Uh, where <laughs> I've got the the first controller. Yeah. I'm holding the A button with the first controller with my right index, the side yeah. of my right yeah. index finger, because I'm like pinching the controller, mm-hmm. and then I've got my uh the side of my left hand middle finger like wedged between the two controllers so that the second controller's a button is pressed down at all times and it's just it's just a painful grip Uh, but i can't think of any better way (laughs) so one
0: of the things uh, that kind of blew my mind the first games and quick experience is how many people who play games uh, with the hook, you know, the, I call it the hook on, on the buttons with their index finger. Cause they need, they might need to press multiple buttons quickly, or that's the way that's the way that they like to do it. Cause it, that uh, carpal tunnel, that's all I keep thinking about is like, these people are going to have, you know, <laughs> all these problems with their, their hands and everything, but it's, it's sometimes it's only, it's the best way and the quickest way or the most efficient way to do it, obviously. So, yeah. um, there's one thing I wanted to touch on really quickly about that. And cause Murdoch mentioned it earlier and it was what I was going to ask about is that there's, we've talked about some of the RG elements, but we really haven't, identified what they are you mentioned getting wanded in so many parts of this game and if you watch any amount of runs of marble madness you'll know exactly what we're talking about right away but what is is our wands just a first of all what do, are they and what do they do in the game but secondly are they completely random like well, how does it how does that happen in the game
1: uh so the wand is intended to help it only it means well it has the best <laughs> of intentions um what happens is is that at at some random point, and it is random. Okay, like it right. does appear to be based upon certain uh, certain factors in the game, but we haven't been able to define which ones. I'll get into that in a sure. quick sec. But um, the wand increases your timer by ten seconds. So that's what it, that's that's its function is. You are on a fixed amount of time before you game over, and it's like, hey, here, let me help you out and give you ten extra seconds. The trade-off is that the game freezes for two full seconds of real time while it's doing its little, like, it's duh, like bonking you on the top of the marble with the wand.
0: Blessing um, you with the wand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and that two seconds, like we mentioned the silly skip saving three seconds as being a massive time save. Well, two seconds is a massive time loss that when you get to a certain point, yeah, it's an automatic reset. Um the things we know about the wand, it cannot appear in the practice race and it cannot appear in the ultimate race.
0: Okay. Um,
1: It, you may, on a rare occasion, uh, I have been uh, given the gift of a highlight where you see the wand appear briefly in the ultimate race. But if you, all you have to do is go back through the video long enough to see that uh, the wand can trigger after you finished a race which is like the worst thing ever. because you just did everything right. And then while you're waiting for the bonus screen to pop up, the wand shows up and you're like, no, because it's not like it shortens the two second right. animation. It finishes the animation at the start of the next race instead. Mm-hmm. So like you start, so in, the, in these uh, instances, you know somebody will have just finished the silly race and like right before it goes to the bonus you see the wand pop up above the marble and then it you see the rest of the animation at the top of ultimate heartbreaking um yes very much so. <laughs> jeez um the what i so it can only happen during the middle four races and according to um uh, a high score enthusiast mbd of uh, he uh, he he mentioned that from all of his attempts uh, he's never seen more than three wands in a single run so despite four different races being eligible for wands he's never seen more than three because I had always kind of been like well I assume you can get four because there are four races right that you can get them on <laughs> um, but I had never had the patience to like wait it out to <laughs> yeah. one here. I did briefly because I wanted to see what the longest possible run could be Oh, <laughs> so I was like literally just kind of like sitting around for right. ages waiting for wands to show up to give me 10 <laughs> extra seconds. Um, but because it's three Were wands, you doing that for fun as water... well,
0: by the way? Yes. yes <laughs> sorry, I, was. Um, so
1: I want to say the time I ended up with was 625. Oh, wow. Okay. So that involves sitting around on the practice race for like a minute and five seconds because that time doesn't carry over to the rest of the races like the other ones. Did. Oh, it's okay. true. So you Good. let that one run down to one and yeah. then roll across the finish line <laughs> and try to get that slowest frame rule possible. Please. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's that's the big RNG hmm. piece of the game, and it seems innocuous enough. But yes, it just it destroys runs whenever it feels like it. <laughs> And sometimes it kind of stays away and sometimes the wands are out for the night and they're just having a good old time. And anytime you get any traction on a run at all, it, I want shows up and kills it. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so uh, there's, so, it's, it's so fascinating that there's all this stuff that's, rolled into this run that for the most part is under three minutes i mean uh, uh, the, all the competitive times i mean there's there's a quite a there's a great leaderboard i think it's 60 or seven maybe even close to 80 now uh, on the leaderboard and uh most pe- nobody has over 10 minutes I and mean, these are all under 10 minute runs so it's it's got a lot to offer in such a small or uh, in such a short amount of time which begs the question what keeps you coming back to the game uh this many like putting yourself through this what, what, what's the kind of because it i gotta be honest i'm listening to you talk and it still doesn't sound like you're done with the game i'm curious
1: uh so yeah so i mean, i think so now we have i want to say there are 88 88 on there the are, okay. board today which is really, really that's awesome cool. that's so cool um i mean the same thing that keeps me coming back to it is the same thing that got me grinding it again so like when i i did the 1p2c thing for a few months and I submitted it to AGDQ 2019, and it was rejected. Um, and which I was like, well, oh, that's fine. Because, like, I, had, I admitted in the submission video, I finished maybe, like, half of these attempts. <laughs> like, yeah. this is really hard. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you can get all the way to the end, and then Steely, the Black Marble, mm-hmm. in the last race, can just decide that he wants to kill your run, and <laughs> he'll kill your run. And I have very little control over it, because I'm busy controlling two things at the same time. So, uh, but what happened from there was I came out of that experience in say like September of 2018, feeling like I had a new appreciation and understanding for the mechanics of the game. That there were certain things that I learned to make the one P2C run tenable that I felt like I could apply that knowledge back into my any percent run. And so finally for like the first time in almost 2 years i looked back at my 245 from february 2017 and thought i can i can beat that i can definitely do better than that i think i can take this further and i didn't have in my head how far i wanted to take it um yeah you because know, it was always like you never want to put the cart before the horse so right. I'm just like well first i just want to get a pb yeah. and it was always it wasn't about the time it was about um like doing specific things. It was like, well, I haven't, I don't have a run that has a really good practice frame rule. So let me work on, and like, thus began like the six months of just like <laughs> trying to understand how that input, how those inputs work. Yeah. I even had a window of time where like I, cause, the, and this was just to try to hit the second fastest frame rule, where there was a window of time where I hit it and I hit it again and I hit it again. And I'm like, oh, I figured it out. And for two nights, I was hitting it constantly. And then for like two weeks, I lost it. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing different. Like I'm look I'm going back and I'm looking at the VODs. because like, 'cause I've got uh input displays. Oh yeah. So you can I see what you press from from uh Page Zero One. Ah, mine are too. Me. I have Pidges as well. She's awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Shout outs to Pidge. Yeah. Um but uh but like I had but so I had the input display and I'm like, I don't see anything different what am i doing wrong and i just you know cuz i was so excited like i went to dm ellipsis like the <laughs> night that i figured i like, i got it i nailed it i finally got it's over happening. the hump i'm going to hit this regularly and then it just vanished um but yeah so like hitting those faster frame rules and just like kind of tightening up the turning on some of the other races you know committing to learning the blind movement at the bottom of intermediate um like you know work, like really working on understanding how the silly skip worked uh there were all sorts of little hurdles to cl- to jump over um i got down to cleaning up all of that stuff and i was like grinding and grinding and grinding and i got like three different 244s and on on new year's eve i streamed and i was getting pretty close, but I wasn't necessarily getting anywhere. Like it came to roughly about midnight. I went went AFK for a little bit. <laughs> rang in the happy the Happy New Year with my wife. I sat back down and eleven minutes later I got a two forty three. So like eleven minutes into this year. I got a PB. And I'm like, this is the year of the marble. <laughs> like, I'm calling it now. It's the year of the marble. You declared. I declared it. Like, the run ended up being two frames faster than Ellipsis's PB. Oh, wow. So, like, I, I just was like, I was like, oh, sweet, a 243. And then I was like, oh, I'm second. I'm two and a half seconds behind Speth, but I'm second. Yeah. And then it was, like, the decision to make after I got home from AGDQ was, like, why well, are we doing this? Like, am I like, am I going to try to close this two and a half second gap on Speff? Am I going to go cool. after that monster of a run? Because shout outs to Speff. Like he, he took to this, like a fish to water. You know, he, he is part of what I fondly refer to as the Spelunky invasion in the marble madness leaderboard. Uh, led, I felt like it was led primarily by, um, NES enthusiasts and like multiple Spelunky world record holder, Kinejip. <laughs> Shoutouts to Kinajub because cool. he's he's awesome. And like I got to do co op runs with him at H D Q twenty eighteen. It was nice. really awesome to meet him in person and and uh but it's like him and uh and Mike is my Ike and Speff, he's is like you just imagine him like dragging them bodily into the game. So just just play it. It's great, it's fast, it's short, you yeah. you'll love it. So and yeah, you know, when I when I came back in twenty eighteen, I had fallen from third to seventh and three of those four spots were them. Oh wow. And you know, the like spelunky curve, the if you world will record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Mike and Kenny both had two forty-fours. Uh my aforementioned uh, Australian friend 82, had had leapfrogged me in the in the ranking. Wow. So I was sitting there at seventh with this 245. And like again, just grinding, getting those two forty-fours, and then like and just slowly moving, like rung by rung, and then I get the two forty-three and I'm up to second. And at this point, there are still two bits of tech that I'm not implementing that I know of um, like it's like known. And I'm just like, I can't get into my head how this works, That mm. I need to really focus and like grind it out. Uh, one of them is a concept in the aerial race, which I think is the only race we haven't really mentioned oh, yeah. at all. Uh, the fourth race, which mm-hmm. is the concept of uh, early hammers. Hmm. Um, the hammers at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, if you they are on a global timer for the whole run from power on or like, from when you do you know not from power on okay but it is from when you start the when attempt gotcha okay so like if you die once gotcha and then get down there and if you die nuns <laughs> and get down there <laughs> the hammer pattern will be slightly different gotcha um but so if you get there deathless fast enough and then you get down to the bottom very quickly uh, ideally intentionally like cutting corners so you get that little spin animation mm-hmm. on the marble because one of the little nuances of that is every time the marble spins like that, the screen stops scrolling for the number of frames that it looks like the marble might die. Because essentially that's what's happening is the marble is falling into the pit and then it catches the other side. But during the falling animations, the screen doesn't scroll. And then when it catches, it starts scrolling again. So you're like manipulating the screen to scroll less because the faster you get down there before it is scrolled, the slower the hammers will be like this. The hammers will delay their spawn pattern. Yeah. So then you get down to the bottom and there's this, like I, I always number the hammers in my head from like the front to the back, like one, two, three, four. Okay. Uh, if you get down there, you'll get down there right at a sequence where it's going four, three, four, three. And what, what you're hoping for is when you get down there, you see four and then three. Am I getting this right? Um, I might be uh, like the, the initial four and you just kind of sneak through between the four and the three. So that you ideally, like the whole concept of early hammers, you get down there and you just go straight through. You don't hesitate. You right. just go because you know what the pattern is and you're just going to coast right through as long as you get the timing right. Yeah, absolutely. And so I already had a 243 and this saves three frame rules on my PB. So this is eight tenths of a second that I just wasn't going for. So I'm like, so I spent a couple of months. I'm like, I'm going for early hammers every chance I get. And then, so like, despite having this 243 that I grinded for months to get, I go from that to like a low 242 in one PB. I save a whole second in a single PB. And I'm like, okay, well now it's time for the other thing. Because (laughs) the other thing that I only learned about by having Speff and Kenny look at my 242. And like they're like, oh man, it looks like you didn't get the fast pattern at the bottom of ultimate. I'm like, what fast pattern is What pattern <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? And they're like, oh yeah, if you, <laughs> oh, no. at the if you get down through ultimate in a certain amount of time, like the game is operating on individual like sixteen frame frame rules, but those moving uh, segments at the bottom are on two frame rule rules <laughs> yeah so yeah. it's every 32 frames they shift and if you get down there during one sequence then the platform right in front of you will spawn right away and if it doesn't you have to wait 32 frames for it so you lose half a second oh, yeah. i'm like okay so how long does it take so i practiced yeah i, I went into save stating again shout out to save stating <laughs> and started working on trying to get down there fast enough and I figured out it was like, oh, I think it's like eighteen hundred and eighty-one frames from like the moment that you have control oh, until wow. the screen stops scrolling. That's the maximum amount of frames that you need, that you are allowed uh, before it, in order to get that fast cycle. And then I looked at my PB and it was eighteen eighty-two. Oh, jeez! Just one frame too late. <laughs> oh so I'm no. Like this could have been a two forty-one yeah. if I got there one frame sooner. And then I looked. I'm like, because it's. The last frame that I'm counting is the last frame of the screen scroll. Hmm. I look back through my PB and I watch my path. And you know what I did? I cut a corner. Which stopped the screen from scrolling for like three frames. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. Okay, so I have to do this quickly. But ideally, I can't catch any corners because I only have so many frames to give up. And if I give up like in this case, I gave up three too many right because right. I clipped one corner and it waited three frames to see if I was dead or not before continuing to scroll the screen and that cost me the the faster sequence. So like now I'm practicing this race just like trying to do the top two thirds of it clean yeah like fast and clean so like uh, the the concession to that whole thing is like, oh well, I don't actually have to move through certain parts of this. With the utmost speed, because the screen's still catching up, mm. and it's not about how quickly I get down there. Because I get down there and then I wait for the screen to finish. So
0: <laughs> three phrase, <laughs> rock three dog f- in the chat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, three seconds rot. Um, that's our that's our uh, SGDQ joke. Now. <laughs> nice. It's not three <laughs> seconds. The one P two C run with three seconds left. <laughs> yeah, any you know, um, Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. But yeah, so I was. The good thing was that I, I noticed during a couple of turns that I could actually go a little bit more for uh, finesse than for speed, because the screen's still trying to catch up anyway, and it's the screen scroll that I care about. So as long as I don't do anything that interrupts the screen scroll, I'm good. Um, and then yeah, so from there it was just more months. I mean, I again, I spent ten months grinding from two forty five down to two forty.
0: There's two really important concepts, I think, that you mentioned there, though. And I think that's important to any grind of speedrunning. It's something I hear quite often from, or I should say over and over again from speedrunners. The first one is you're watching your runs. And I know it sounds like silly or kind of maybe uh, it seems intuitive, but it's not always that way. Some people don't like to watch themselves or hear them talk or anything like that. But I think I have learned so much from just watching my runs and seeing places like, even just asking the question, why did I do that? You know, because when you're in the yeah. heat of it, especially a three minute run, you know, you, you may not be aware of some of the things you're doing. It happens so quickly. And the fact that you were watching your runs and then had other people, obviously it helps that other people are adjudicating this. So there's, you know, there's, there's people who have to validate your runs and everything. So that's pretty cool that you were able to identify that. Um, yeah. Shout
1: outs to the community for the, the Marble Madness oh community. Oh my gosh. Yes. So right. In general. I mean, it's the speedrunning community as a whole, is super great. But like I'll take the moment right. here to specifically shout out the Marble Madness community because they all love the game so much. They love watching everybody get good at the game and you know we're we're all happy to, you know, uh nitpick in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, be it's, like well, no, just like like literally like, this is if you want to take this thing to this next step, you have to do x. And like then this is how you do it. And I mean, that one of the things that I've been happiest about was if I go back to the tutorials that I made like I made the basics tutorial because this was again this was for a community multi-game race mm-hmm. and I'm like I want to make a tutorial for the people that just want to beat this game in like four and a half minutes <laughs> but just play it once yeah. because you lose so much time having to try the whole thing again oh, So like yeah. here's the safe stuff right. you just want to beat the game and move on because Blaster is next on the list <laughs> you have
2: more, more things to worry about right.
1: than stupid marble here's how you beat it and then I did the other one that effectively works out to be, here's how you get sub three. And I didn't realize that that's what I was making at the time. I'm just like, well, no, I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'll tell you specifically what I'm going for in these certain circumstances. I mean, I've had no less than five people tell me that that tutorial helped them get to sub three. And I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, it's just like. I didn't actually think it would resonate so much with people, sure. but I've had so many people say, "Oh no, man. I was watching your tutorials, and it was super helpful."
0: Uh, I'm glad really? you're shouting them that's out great. too. But not every community, not every game has this kind of support in a community. Uh, some people, some games don't have this many runners. I mean, just all those kind of things that you you, you can't put a value on. That that's just it's just uh, it's wonderful that 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 community exists for this game. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out that I think you, you you brought up, that I've heard this time and time again, that you were playing a different category, and that helped your skills in this category. And you mentioned the, the 2P1C, that you were doing that for fun, quote-unquote. I don't know what the hell you're thinking, but uh, – <laughs> and that that led you back into the game. And I – I hear that so often with the most competitive games, Mario, Mario three, all this, all the way down to the games that you know that nobody plays. And I think that that's a really interesting thing that you, first of all, enjoy the other categories, but secondly, it, it directly may improved or at least got you passionate about what you were doing with the any percent category. So,
1: yeah, no, I mean it, and it's true. You know, it's I, I had a lot of people that were trying to compel me to try to do long way for because they're like it's a good break. Right. You know, it's a it's a break from the concept of having to go for everything because you're not allowed to go for everything. <laughs> right. And it's exactly. just a, bit, a bit of a an easier mm-hmm. like the game's not easy. No, but it's a bit of an easier run because you don't have to worry about this and that and that specifically these hard things that constantly are a bugbear and are always in the way. You don't have to do those. You just play the game, play the game. The way they intended it, and you even take the longer paths a couple ways, and it's just fun. <laughs> and I refused to commit to it, and it was <laughs> up being one P two C that helped me in the right. end. But, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, but still, like having other categories, I think is just a really fun way to, of uh, you know, expand your horizons right. when it comes to when it comes to the game. I have
0: a uh, uh, kind of random, but ha- have you ever tried any of the other ports of the game? Have you played on any of the other consoles or systems or anything like that?
1: I have not. Okay. I will again defer to my, my Australian friend A D two, who is the most well I would call him the most well rounded marbler. Unintended. <laughs> um because I wanna say that he made efforts to try to get a good time in like any version of the game oh he can get his hands on. And he is very fond of like going from from this NES version to the Genesis version is an interesting leap, I'll say. Um, But he has become extraordinarily fond of the Genesis version because it has all these neat little, uh, like the the gravity is different. So there are certain skips and tricks Mm -hmm. you can do in that game that you can't do in the NES version. You can leap over these smaller sections. You can effectively, that entire maze at the end of the ultimate race, if you time it just right, you can leap to the finish line. You can just go from like where you are. If you can just like line it up right, you can just go. And it's just amazing to see um like i can't imagine having a game with a run where like the hardest trick is literally the last thing you do in the whole run and yeah <laughs> but the, sure enough there you have it yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I gotta share just a personal story real quick my first experience ever playing uh marble madness was i was playing i was 10 years old and i was playing on an apple 2gs my first version was a p you know was a computer version and at the time, the Apple II GS had wonderful graphics. Things just looked really cool, and I was playing with a joystick and everything, but I couldn't get past the third race, I think, and I can't remember. I didn't get very far because I'm 10 years old. You know, I'm just enjoying the game. But when I played it for the first time on NES, I, 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 I first of all, it looked like mud, you know, and it didn't control the same way and everything. So I'm like, well, why would anybody play this game? I don't understand. You know, it didn't yeah. click in my head at the time. <laughs> but that's cool. I, it's cool that it exists on all these other different uh, uh, consoles, and it, there's, uh, well, I, I believe the NES has the most... Com- Competitive leaderboard i i'd have to check but for sure it does most by, submits. by a considerable margin. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so pretty cool um so uh, t- uh if you don't mind me asking i mean you're you, you're you you have a family you have a day job you've admitted to all these different things yet you still find time to grind out a a world record in one of the you know in a very competitive leaderboard I just said 88 people we talked about before 80 there's this many submits how do you balance all of that time it's one of the and I bring this up because I know I personally struggle with it a bit I I, I don't have any kids but I do I even you know, have a significant other I have a day job all these kind of things how what, what do you do to help you balance all that
1: Um, So I think for me, the the big thing is you you have to be willing to make a concession somewhere. Hmm. You have to understand, at least for me, I always have to understand what don't lose sight of where the priorities are. Hmm. Uh, So that's really important. So like if if life takes some odd turns and for me in particular, it's taken a few odd turns the last three months or so. So like I'll be I will be honest. As a result, I haven't really streamed that much. Right. I've participated in a couple of uh, of live events and marathons. Like I I I went to SGL. Um. You know. I I participated in um a, a marathon for RGL mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, just, like, a handful. And I, I did, a, like, part of a fundraiser for, for my for my fellow super tennis brother, uh, Berlin Dude, who was raising money to go to AGDQ. I did the Dash, for cancer, dash Through Cancer for Sorry, over the Sonic. Yeah, you know, over the weekend. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm appearing. I'm making appearances, <laughs> but I'm not streaming. It's yeah. like, I just, I, between my work schedule and, and family time, it's just been, it's been difficult to get back into a grind of sorts. Um uh, because I am very much a grinder and like once I find a project that I just wanna like hammer it home. Um but yeah, so for me I think that the big thing was as far as like prioritizations and balance, I wanna say that I've probably so I've been streaming for this is it'll be four years a month from now, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um I have streamed in the daytime twice. (laughs) Because again, because of a day job but then again there's also weekends but i don't stream when my daughter's awake yeah. like nice. I, like my priority that's goes to, priority. to yeah. her first absolutely and you know like so i you know i mentioned in in the panels that no one ever reads on everybody's Twitch page like i mentioned down there like <laughs> my normal stream hour like i don't have a schedule because yeah. i have a family and you know it's like family comes first essentially but my normal times would be like 9 30 p.m to 12 30 a.m that's and you probably won't see me before that. Right. I, there was one exception. Uh, I can't remember what caused it, but I think my my daughter might have been a bit under the weather, and mm-hmm. she was just kind of chilling in her room one day. And I had a home, and I was trying to get uh, a sub two minute time in Marble Madness, any percent, one hundred fifty percent speed emulated, mm-hmm. because. I don't know why.
0: For fun, quote unquote. Because, I, again,
1: <laughs> the whole concept of fun, I think, I feel like I read the wrong definition as a child. Oh, yeah, and I just kind of stuck with it. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but like that was one daytime stream. And I think the other daytime stream I can remember was literally waiting for my brother to arrive at my house so we could leave for AGDQ. <laughs> like, I, like, my, I had already, my, my, my wife and daughter had like flown down to visit my parents for the week that I was going to be gone. So I drove them to the airport that morning I'm in the house by myself. I'm like, I'll stream. Why not? You know, I've got like, like, I have no idea what to do with this time that I suddenly have in the middle of the day. So I'll stream until it's time to go. And that's it. Because like, that's, that's one of the primary concessions that I'll make. And, you know, like, it's always a big quality of life struggle, trying to balance work and family. Because, and you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's the fight that everybody ends up dealing with, right? So then adding this extra layer in of, like, well, I want to stream, too. Uh, there's, like, a, was it, I can't remember, I can't remember the name of the, the webcomic artist. I want to say he's, like, a, like, he might be, like, Shen or Shenanigan or something <laughs> on Twitter. Um but, like, he was looking at, like, he has, like, this visualization of, like, blocks of, like, how his time is allocated. And he's, like, holding the video game block. And he's, like, I don't have any room for this. Yeah, where does this go? And like, there's, like this, like, this pause, and he reaches for the sleep block. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, what if? Because it's basically what I'm yeah, needing The trade-off. Is, yeah. You know, it's, like, if I'm going to stream, that also means I'm only going to get, like, six hours of sleep right. that night. Mm-hmm. and i have to be okay with that and i have to still be able to function at work right like you know i have you know, for as far as i'm concerned i have an important job to do and mm-hmm. you know my, my family is counting on me to not <laughs> you know uh, flub that because i wanted to play video games too late at night you know so i have to be able to show that i can manage that balance um and you know so that's that that for me that's the big thing is is balancing and you have to know when other more important things come up and you have to step away you know I, I didn't i i continue to not want to every night i'm like man i really want to hit that start streaming button and then by the time i get home i'm either too tired or you know something else is going on or it's like i just work 14 hours and i'm just like oh i just can't <laughs> yeah. you know and it's like you know but yeah and, so and i think
0: that leads to the, an excellent point that you know Speedrunning isn't going anywhere and these games are timeless and to your point you know if you're prioritizing whatever it is that is you need to prioritize whether it's work or family or whatever not be is that um there's always going to be another world record right around the corner there's always going to be another pb right around the corner and these games you know these will be here The, the games will be here and Hey, you know, games done quick may not be around in a hundred years, but the games will be here. You know, Marble Madness is not gonna not magically disappear off the face of this earth.
1: It's <laughs> true. I will make sure I'll hold on to a couple copies just in case.
0: <laughs> Some may try, but no, I, I appreciate yeah. that answer a lot too because. Um, I, I've been fortunate where I, I haven't had to struggle with it too much. Uh, I love spending time with my wife and like yourself, I prioritize that I pretty much only stream when she's asleep or not in the house because I love spending the time, you know, I don't, I don't know how much time I'm ever going to get to spend with her and the rest of my life type of thing. So I think that's a really important part that, you know, you don't want to, if you have kids, you don't want to miss any sort of, th- I love that you don't stream when the kid's awake. I think that's such a, a and I, I know a couple of others, actually RGL people who are the same type of rule. And I think that's such a, a good one to live by. Okay. So, Tell us about any. Uh, what's next? I, you mentioned you haven't been streaming as regularly these last uh, months or so, but I, I just saw you over the weekend doing Supersonics uh, <laughs> uh, Marathon. Right. So. Yeah. But uh, so, what's next?
1: Well, so I, I do have to round out to to finish my um, my prediction that 2019 is the year of the marble. <laughs> I have one more act to to finish the year out because uh, I have been asked to. Uh, reprise simultaneously reprise the roles of both Andrew G. and MTI uh, by reprising the Marble Madness co-op run that was on the original CGDQ schedule yes. in a 1P2C capacity. Because they, were, they wanted to do this reprisal of the entire schedule, but they reached out to me. They're like, well, it's difficult to get co-op runs going in an online setting luckily you're here we don't have to worry about that (laughs) i'm like oh god okay sure what's happening (laughs) yeah so well the good thing that i have going for me here like there's a fallback right because i like i'm i'm preparing as best i can because again even at my at the height of my so-called powers when it came to this (laughs) game i was only finishing the game a little over half the time um in one p2c like it's it's just Sometimes the runs just die. Uh, But the good thing is that I can go, if the run is going south, I can try to go for authenticity. And by authenticity, I mean, at CGDQ, they crash the game at the end. So I may (sighs) practice effectively crashing the game and making sure that Steely doesn't despawn. Yeah. And just, like, be like, oh, oh, you know, this is what they did then. I'm just doing that again now, Yeah.
0: That is so cool. You bring it back.
1: I have a a backup plan in case I can't actually finish the run. (laughs) I just have to get that far. And then, you know, it's it's like the one new thing I'll try to practice. is like getting the red marble out of the way so that it doesn't accidentally cause Steely to despawn.
0: That's the perfect explanation for that. I love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's it's literally what they did. I'm just going to do what they did since that's, you know, shout outs to 10 years of GDQs. Um. so yeah I any mean, other games uh, you want to play besides uh after that uh so i've been i i kicked off of what i refer to in my head as my unfinished business tour <laughs> because there's been about it's probably like about five or six games that i i um played i learned to speed run and i speed ran them for a while but for one reason or another <laughs> for one reason or another i didn't actually get a time that i'm really really satisfied with yeah totally i'm going back through my oldest pbs and looking at it i'm like is this really where i want to end up yes no and then if it's no then i'll pick it back up and start working on it uh so i've already done that with uh super sprint the that we did a one loop category like my brother and i for about like two years were tied for the one loop world record and we both thought it was so funny that we were tied (laughs) that neither of us bothered to pop the other one we just kind of left it there until Mixed Mess PJ picked it up and bopped us both. So I went and bopped him, and then my brother, like, a week ago, went and bopped me. But when <laughs> we both improved our PBs, That we're just sitting, like, just chilling for two years, yeah. which is great. Um, nice. So that one's out of the way. The next one on the list is I, my my PB in SMB1, any percent, is five minutes and, like, 500.239 <laughs> So I, I don't have a sub-5, but I'm literally just one frame rule away from sub-5. <laughs> Brutal. So I picked that back up. But cool. again, just due to time constraints, I yeah. haven't really had a chance to... I had a chance to derust, and then I couldn't play for like two weeks. I'm like, well, what good was de-rusting? I already forget everything, and then I have to derust <laughs> again. again. Uh, but I want to do that. I want to come back and improve my Kid Icarus PB, because I've got I have a sub-25, but even that has an unintentional death in it. Like, I'd like to have... Mm-hmm. There's been some new tech that's Great. been uh, figured out by uh, Fruit Bat Salad, who has the world record in the game. Uh, was a really awesome runner. Uh, he just really just tore the game apart, which is really cool. Because some of the, some of the movement that he has in his run is just really really cool, and I want to be able to do it too. So I want to go back and improve that time. I might work on Link to the Past, but probably not. <laughs> I real that's the one example of a game that I loved as a kid, and by the time I was done speedrunning it, I'm just like man fuck this game (laughs) (laughs) like so hard like it's just it's too long for me and like i only get like two attempts in a night if i actually if i'm doing well Mm -hmm. and i that's one where i don't practice effectively right so like i know that the reason (laughs) i'm not as good at it as i want to be it is my own fault because i can't like i i I, a can't but b won't put the time in to just like practice room by room mm-hmm. like grind rooms the same way i was grinding gang spawns and rcr right like, i just won't commit because like the game is so long um so yeah and then you know again like there might be other fun stuff on the horizon you never know so we'll see who knows what 2020 will bring
0: <laughs> too many good games <laughs> in the world uh... there are
1: many 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 good games
0: if somebody wanted to find you on the internet where might
1: they be able to do so they would be able to do so. Hold on. Let me grab my business card. Yes. So They have one of these. I'll, I'll
0: look yeah. at that. Hey, for those Boom. of you on the video, you can see him. It's awesome. You can see how to spell yeah. it correctly.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yell. It's pronounced yells rake. So yells and then rake, but the letters are all out of order. Seem like they're out of order. Cause it's just my last name backwards. Spoiler. Oh,
2: cool. Uh, yeah.
0: I did double check <laughs> spelling before I posted things. I'm like, am I getting the A and the E in the right place? Okay. <laughs>
1: But yeah, uh, twitch.tv slash yellsrake and so Twitter.com R-A-E-K,
0: by the way. R-A-E-L-S-K. Yeah. R-A-E-K. There
1: you go. Yeah. Okay,
0: and then Twitter.
1: Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, twitter.com slash yellsrake as well. Uh, I, I am yellsrake pretty much everywhere I go. I have claimed my name, the family name for myself and only myself. <laughs> but yeah, and then, I mean, I'm on, as you, as you know, because this is a Discord call, you <laughs> can find me on Discord as well. So it's a yells rake, and then the pound sign, and then 3946. So you can find me on there, too. I love talking about RCR and marbles and pretty much any game that I have a fondness for. So if anybody ever has any questions about any of those games, they see something and they don't understand how it works, I will talk your ear off until you don't want to talk to me anymore uh, At at your discretion. But feel free to reach out to me. I try to keep myself as accessible as possible.
0: So. I know that we went a little bit longer than I had asked for, but I appreciate you taking the time and walking us through all this stuff. I've, it's been educational to say the least, but also it's it's great to, to, to hear perspective and everything. So thank you so much for your time tonight and uh, uh, best of luck with uh, whatever you decide to take on next.
1: <laughs> Thanks, thank, man. thank you, sir. And, and best of luck to you as well. As a fellow speedrunner, I wish you all the luck, all the good RNG in the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you.